0: Letter Thirty One of Pamela, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, Volume Two by Samuel Richardson. Letter Thirty One. From Miss Downford to Mrs. B. Dear Mrs. B., Every post you more and more oblige us to admire and love you. And let me say, I will gladly receive your letters upon your own terms only when your worthy parents have perused them, see that I have every line of them again. Your account of the arrival of your noble guests and their behavior to you and yours to them, your conversation and wise determination on the offer title of Baronet, the of losses conferred upon you by all, particularly the good countess, your breakfast conversation and the narrative of your saucy abominable master, though amiable husband, "'all delight us beyond expression. "'Do go on, dear excellent lady, "'with your charming journals, "'and let us know all that passes. "'As to the state of matters with us, "'I have desired my papa "'to allow me to decline Mr. Mary's addresses. "'The good man loved me most violently, "'nay, he could not live without me. "'Life was no life unless I favoured him. "'But yet, after a few more of these flights, He is trying to sit down satisfied without my papa's foolish, perverse girl, as Sir Simon calls me, and transpose his affections to a worthier object, my sister Nancy. And it would make you smile to see how, a little while before he directly applied to her, she screwed up her mouth to my mamma, and, truly, she'd have none of Polly's leavings. No, not she. But no sooner did he declare himself in form than the gaudy wretch, as he was before with her, became a well-dressed gentleman, the chattering magpie, for he talks and laughs much, quite conversable and has something agreeable to say upon every subject. Once he would make a good master of the buckhorns, but now, really, the more one is in his company, the more polite one finds him. Then, on his part, he happened to see Miss Polly first, and truly. "'He could have thought himself very happy in so agreeable a young lady. "'Yet there was always something of majesty, "'what a stately name for ill-nature, "'in Miss Nancy. "'Something so awful, "'that, while Miss Polly engaged the affections "'at first sight, "'Miss Nancy struck a man with reverence, "'insomuch that the one might be loved as a woman, "'but the other revered as something more, "'a goddess, no doubt. "'I do but think,' when he comes to be lifted up to her celestial sphere, as her fellow constellation, what a figure Nancy and her Ursus major will make together, and how will they glitter and shine to the wonder of all beholders. Then she must make a brighter appearance by far, and a more pleasing one too. For why? She has three thousand satellites, or little stars, in her train, more than poor Polly can pretend to. Won't there be a fine twinkling and sparkling, think you, when the crater and lesser beer-sairs are joining together? "'But excuse me, dear Mrs. B., this saucy girl has vexed me just now by her ill-natured tricks, and I am even with her, having thus vented my spite, though she knows nothing of the matter. So fancy you see Polly Danford abandoned by her own fault, her papa angry at her, her mamma pitying her, and calling her silly girl. Mr. Murray, who is a rough lover, crawling over his mistress as a dog over a bone he fears to lose. Miss Nancy putting on her brutish pleasantry, snarling out a kind word and breaking through her sullen gloom for a smile now and then in return. And I, laughing at both in my sleeve, and thinking I shall soon get leave to attend you in town, which will be better than twenty humble servants of Mr. Mary's cast. Or, if I can't, that I shall have the pleasure of your correspondence here and enjoy, unrivaled, "'the favour of my dear parents, "'which this ill-tempered girl is always envying me. "'Forgive all this nonsense. "'I was willing to write something, "'though worse than nothing, "'to show how desirous I am to oblige you, "'had I a capacity or subject as you have. "'But nobody can love you better or admire you more, "'of this you may be assured, "'however unequal in all other respects, "'than your Polly Danford. "'I sent you up some of your papers "'for the good couple in Kent.' Pray, pay my respects to them, and beg they will let me have them again, as soon as they can, by your conveyance. Our Stamford friends desire their kindest respects. They mention you with delight in every letter. End of letter thirty-one